You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. Oh, g'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Tuesday. All the best bits from the Mike Husking Breakfast on Newstalk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning, <sighs> we're talking about tax again. Or still, or it's never going to end. Um, and just economic data, it's, you know, I'm passionately into this stuff, so I'm sorry, I just can't avoid it. Uh, we also talked to uh, a guy called Chris Hipkins this morning, he's in charge of us. He doesn't seem to know anything about anything, which is the problem. And uh, we're going to finish up with a bit more on gore. More on gore. But before, yes, before any of that, uh, so Nationals Tax Receipts Plan. I don't understand it. Don't care about it. Don't want to know anything about it. But, you know, it is what it is. Tell you what, I think Nationals made a bit of a mistake on these tax receipts. Tax receipts are the sort of quirky idea that people pick up and run with. They're the sort of left of centre idea the media can have a bit of fun with. And the trouble with that is that we actually have some more important stuff to deal with. And for every minute you talk about what sort of receipt it would be, how it would be done and what it would cost, you aren't talking about things like our debt, our spending, our crime, the number of kids who aren't going to school. If there was any value in the idea, it would be if you could break it down to, say, a net balance. In other words, how many of us pay more than we get back versus the other way around? That might, once and for all, shut up all those who forever see the so-called wealthy as an endless pot of free money. The stark truth would be revealed that a comparatively small number of taxpayers foot the bill for an awful lot of other taxpayers who take from the state a lot more than they ever put in. But then, that's the other problem with the whole idea. Uh, Do we not already know, roughly, what's what? I mean, firstly, what we know is that the government spends more than they take. That's why we have deficits. Then we can guess that large chunks of it go to health and welfare and education and and, and goes to the ever-growing public service, of course. What's the value in knowing all of that? We already know it. By receiving this information and presumably growing angry over it because you see a pile of monumental wastage, then what? Are they changing it? Or are they doing nothing about it at all? And if that's the case, which it will be, What's the point? If national are to be taken seriously, they have to avoid these very easy traps they're falling into. This is a gimmick, and the media loves gimmicks because it makes their life easier. I don't need a receipt to know this government's approach to money is ruinous. What I need is a group of people who get that the path we're on is dangerous, the social malaise in this country is even more dangerous, and that this election is about righting the ship, or as David Seymour put it yesterday, turning us into a large Fiji. Certainly, um, our weather patterns recently lead me to believe that we, our weather's getting... More tropical, that's for sure. The way my grass is growing. Um, I quite like visiting Fiji. The rewrap. I got distracted by thinking about Fiji. Anything really to stop thinking about tax. But oh, no, no, no. Guess who wants to keep going on about it? Yeah, a couple of numbers that uh, read the text earlier on, and National and uh, Act have been talking about this, but these are the things you should be aware of. So in 2017... Crown expenses, in other words, the government spent 80 billion a year. 80 billion. What are they spending these days? 130. It's gone from 80 to $130 billion, another $50 billion. Do you feel better for it? Do you see it all over the place? They've raised spending by $49 billion, 61%. And this is where National's big line comes from. They are spending $1 billion more every single week compared to when they took office. So do you feel it? Do you see it? Where's the improvement in your life for that $1 billion every single week? And of course, none of it's our money. It's all debt. It's all printed. Education spending's up 38%. So what have they got for that? What have they got for that increase of 38%? Kids not going to school is what they've got. Healthcare spending's up 68%. 
Can you get access to healthcare? No, you can't. Where's the money gone? Tax take was $69 billion back in 2017. $69 billion, right? Do you know what it is now? 107 It's gone from round numbers, 70 to 110 It's gone up $40 billion, the tax take. That's you and me, $100 million more in tax every single day. $17,500 more tax for every Kiwi household this year. Do you feel it? You're getting value for money there? They're the numbers. Facts don't lie. More and more these days, I feel like I'm back at maths. I feel like I'm back at sixth form, you know, calculus, seventh form calculus. Stats. But I only took stats and calculus in seventh form because I did performance music and drama in sixth form. And you couldn't take those in seventh form. I don't know why. The rewrap. And Mike wasn't done with the math lesson then either. Carry on, Professor Hosking. Carry on. Just back to the government spending. And our debt situation, the one, and I gave you all those astonishing numbers earlier on, and it won't be the last time I give you those numbers between now and the election, but the one that really gets up my nose at the moment, and the one we're not paying enough attention to, is what's called the current account deficit. It's sitting at $33.8 billion, but more importantly, that's 8.9% of GDP, right? The IMF, International Monetary Fund, is forecasting that our 2023 current account deficit will be 8.6% of GB, uh, GBD, GDP. So proportionally, that is the largest in other words, the worst of the world's 40 most advanced economies. And this is where the Greece thing comes in. Greece is at 8 Cyprus is at 7.8%. We're worse than that. That's our business with the world. We are going backwards when it comes to doing business with the world. So, so work all this stuff together. The government is taking more tax than they've ever taken. The government is spending more money than they've ever spent. The government is borrowing more money than they've ever borrowed. I gave you the Westpac numbers. They're going to go back to the bond market. This will be announced on Budget Day Thursday. They're going to go back into the bond market at ever greater levels than we were even thinking before. Billions and billions and billions of dollars more. At the same time, what we're doing with the world is not paying our way. That's why we're running deficits and why we're running a current account deficit. What you want is a current account surplus. We run a current account deficit. Not only is it a deficit, but it is one of the worst in the world world. Put all those things together and tell me what sort of economy you've got and why you'd want more of it. Right. Are we done? Have we finished talking about dollars and cents and numbers and rates and percentages and please, please, please have we finished talking about that? 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, or a, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. The Rewrap. I'm pretty sure... That's what Chris Hipkins was thinking this morning uh, when we uh, interviewed him because Mike was asking him like really hard questions about whether he thought inflation was still happening, uh, what was causing it, uh, whether we were in a recession. You know, questions like, I mean, I, I'm not a prime minister. Nobody expects me to know that stuff. However, Chris Hipkins is. Uh, quick question, is there a dereliction of duty, and we were discussing this off air, is there a dereliction of duty within the Prime Minister's office now where they're not briefing him to a degree that he sounds like he's remotely in touch with what's going on in New Zealand? Now, you can't possibly expect the Prime Minister of the country to be across this program on an air, but I know for a fact that there are people in the government that listen to the show between six and nine every single morning, 
and their job is to do nothing more than to brief ministers and particularly the Prime Minister to come on this programme to be informed and to sound like they know what's going on. I mean, I only sort of half listened to the show. Yeah, and you know more than he does. And I knew that we were talking about high rent rates this morning. Exactly. You know, these are, this is an election year in an election campaign. And is that the second or third or is it the fourth or fifth week that he's come on and fundamentally doesn't know anything that's going on in this country? He was lost on inflation. He hasn't got the slightest idea what's going on in the economy with prices going up, prices going down, forecasts or otherwise. And I know they play that dumb game around the budget and all that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, if a prime minister can't talk about an economy, where inflation's at, what his expectations are or insights are, what's the point of being a prime minister? And who's behind him in the office? And how many people are in there? And how much money do they pay them to do a job? Clearly, they're not doing. It's actually quite insulting because um, it it's our executive producer's job. Well, it seems to be. Mike certainly has made it his job. On the morning we talk to the Prime Minister, it's Sam's job to uh, have to monitor the other places where Chris Hipkins might be appearing that morning before we talk to him. Um, and, you know, and then he will tell Mike, you know, any stuff of interest that he's talked about that we perhaps aren't going to, you know, weren't going to talk to him about. So, so we're doing that. We're giving him the courtesy of doing that, treating him with the respect of doing that, whereas he just seems to be ignoring us completely. We talked about, um, you know, rent rates on the show this morning. It wasn't like it came out of the blue, and yet he had, didn't know anything about it. We talked about inflation. We talked about tax. The rewrap. All we ask is to join the hundreds of thousands of other New Zealanders and listen to our show. You don't have to do it yourself. Just get somebody like Sam to do it. Not Sam, though. He's busy listening to you for us. <sighs> Mind you, it could be worse. You could be working for the Gore Council, right? Let's count why Gore and its ongoing shambles is bad for this country. One. Gibbs Council's a bad name. This is an already over-governed country. 73 councils representing tiny populations is already hard enough to defend, and that's before you get to the bit where next to no one turns out to vote. Two, it's Gore, for God's sake. It's not Auckland or a major centre. Where Gore goes, the country does not go. You'd think they might not take themselves quite so seriously. Three, it's not good for local government New Zealand. They've already lost Auckland and the West Coast councils as members. Just what is it they do in a crisis like this? Four, the allegations and accusations. What exactly are they? Does anyone actually know what specifically is the issue, or is it just petty personality politics? Five, democracy. The mayor got elected, full stop. By asking him to resign after about five minutes, are they not aware that democracy actually counts and the fact they don't like it is dishonouring those who turn up and voted? Six, does central government have a role to play here? When Tauranga went nuts, they stepped in, got themselves some commissioners, and by all accounts, things actually started to get done. Seven, Gore's image. This... I am sure is not representative of Gore or the many small towns around the country that have a lot to offer us all and a bitter scrap driven by misery and pettiness is not part of the equation. Eight, does Bell quit? And that must be a consideration given who the hell needs this? And that's what the bullies want, of course. That's what they're relying on. Make it such a big deal, you go, oh, geez, life's too short, which, to be frank, it probably is. But nine, that lets the losers win. It lets the bullies claim victory. They get away with it. It sets a precedent. It sends a message, work our way, do it our way, or we'll run you out of town. Ten, 
It does in fact show the weaknesses around democracy. In the real world, good people with skills are selected for work. In local body elections, not only does hardly anyone participate, so often those who stand can't get other work or are bored or are busybodies or know-it-alls. And when you get a collection of those in a room, you get Gore or any one of the other local scraps we've seen of late. We've seen it in Nimbacargal, in Tauranga, in Christchurch, on the West Coast, in Wellington. Democracy is a nice idea, just not all that practical at times. So 11, what would I do? I'd give them a week, sort it for good, or they're all out, and we'll get some proper talent in. It's dragged on an embarrassingly long time. There you go, 11 reasons why the why Gore is bad for the country. Crikey. I hope he doesn't start counting out reasons why I'm bad for the country. I reckon there's a lot more than 11. I, I certainly don't have much of a recycling program, which seems to be... they got people who volunteer to sort the, through the cardboard in Gore. It's good of them. They're in their 90s, those people. I don't think you should be running council things on a on a volunteer basis. Where are the rates going? Where are our taxes going? Oh, yeah, that's right. Mike was asking those questions, wasn't he? Uh, we're back to the beginning again. I'm Glenn ZFB, uh, and we'll probably talk about, I don't know, tax tomorrow, maybe. See you then. The rerap. The rerap. For more from Newstalk ZB, listen live, on air or online and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.